0: Trisha on SAFM.
1: Now, uh, it's time for us to get into our health talk. According to medical journals, some of the most common diseases that impact our oral health include tooth decay, gum disease and oral cancer. More than 40% of adults report um, have, uh, you know, have been uh, reporting that they felt pain in their mouth within the last year and uh, more than 80% of people um, have had at least one cavity by the age of 35 To give us an understanding of some of the mouth diseases and how we could avoid or deal with them, we're joined by Dr. Yusuf Dadwat, who's a specialist in oral medicine and pediology in Melrose and currently studying part-time at Harvard Medical School. Thank you very much for joining us, Dr. Jadwat. How are you doing?
2: Well, thank you. And uh, hello to all the listeners.
1: I'm glad that we are talking via Zoom because now I can see your smile. <laughs> and you're spotting something that I had my entire high school life and primary school. So braces, yeah. And yeah, you know, it's it, memories, bad memories for me.
2: <laughs> I must inform you, it, it's, it's an experience and a half. I'm nearly there with the braces. I'm looking forward to them to be off in the near future. And I can go back to my normal chomping. I've actually lost weight because I've been restricted from certain foods and certain Goodies that I like to eat all the time. So, yeah.
1: No, listen, I remember those days. And I think everyone who went to high school with me remembers me as the girl who would rush to the bathroom straight after break and brush my teeth. And I was always embarrassed to yeah. eat in front of people uh, because they'd get, you know, food would get stuck. And oh, it, it was one of those things. But thank goodness I'm over it now. You know, with, with COVID-19, some of the issues that... Uh, Health issues, we've really ignored, especially oral health issues, right? And I don't know the implications of wearing a mask and eating, you know, at will because now we're most of the time at home and we are comfort eating. What sort of, you know, challenges has it presented for us in our oral health um, in terms of our mouths, our tongues, our palates, our gums? Look, so
2: if you look at what's happened over the last say, 12 to 18 months, our, our norm, uh, our habitual norm every day that would carry out a suddenly change. Then we'll wake up in the morning, you'll get to shower, have a shower, brush your teeth and off to work. But this has changed where you kind of roll out of bed, maybe change your pajamas into the day pajamas and carry on functioning. Now with that, unfortunately, when there's a change of of, of discipline and change of habit, uh, certain things can fall by the wayside. And the most common thing that falls by the wayside is dental hygiene or or, or looking after your your teeth and removing the plaque effectively. Uh, What I have found is with COVID-19 as well, Patients are a little more apprehensive to come for treatment, and, and 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 truthfully so, because we're dealing in an environment where most of the time we are using aerosols, and you know if you're well aware with COVID-19, uh, you do get a bit of aerosol staying in the air after working on a patient, so we need to sanitize and make sure our surgeries are actually clean and sanitized before we see the next patient so we have seen a slight drop in patients who have not come for their routine maintenance appointments as well and this in the long term has a contributing effect on gingival health as in the health of their gums the health of their teeth and eventually when they do come for treatment you're now managing emergency cases
1: so I've always asked myself around us um, wearing masks if that has any implication on some of the pains we are feeling in our mouths. You know, wearing a mask, yes, it's to protect us, but you are constantly circulating and, uh, you know, y- your own breath. Does that have anything to do with some of the pains that adults have reported?
2: So, the common thing I find in my office is that patients are presenting more commonly with a dry mouth issue. Uh, we tend to forget that we breathe through our nose once a mask is on and many people revert to mouth breathing. Now a dry mouth has an impact on, on a general the tissues in the mouth, your teeth, the skin, the tongue surface, it dries everything up. Uh, your saliva which is fundamental in keeping good oral health. I say fundamental, it contains antibodies it also allows you to clean the mouth because it washes away the debris is now not there which then increases your risk of gum problems and can increase your risk as well for tooth decay because now the, the the fighting effect of the saliva is not there. So I have found a few issues where people are uh, walking into rooms with dry mouths because of the mask. And, and I find with especially the N95s and you know, the fully uh, covered mask that, that uh, tightly fits your face, in those cases, patients do struggle. Um, my advice always is, try and hydrate as well. It's important to try and hydrate, especially when you're going into the summer months, because you're wearing a mask, especially if you're out and about in the open, and you know you, you put the mask on the whole day, you're in the hot weather, you are dehydrating. So it's important, first of all, to hydrate. Secondly, I must always come back to the point that good oral hygiene is important. Fundamentally, when you look at dental problems, uh, the basic ones, the gum disease and the, the tooth decay, you now, just by us improving the way we clean our teeth will make a huge difference. It's, it's a starting point. It's not the end all of everything, but the starting point. And I find that many of us have no idea as to how to effectively clean our teeth. You know, as a patients come to me and I go through this clean routine, routine with them. And the question I get asked all the time was, why have we not been told this by our dentists or our dental practitioners? And the truth is, uh, uh, during the, the course of our studies, these uh, bits of technique with brushing and flossing have been installed in the students and obviously the future graduates. So it's about taking time and looking at the patient and trying to understand what works best for that patient. The concepts are always universal when it comes to uh, blood control or dental hygiene, but the tools can vary depending on the individual's mouth, uh, the dexterity, and any other issues that they may present. But if you keep uh, the, co- the common theme of effective, efficient removal of plaque without causing harm, you kind of want half the battle. All
1: right. So maybe give us those tips. How should we be brushing our teeth? How should we be ensuring yeah. that um, we, we, we remove plaque effectively?
2: So uh, the, the common thing I, I ask patients, how long do you actually spend cleaning your teeth? Now, if I tell you how long I spend, I'm going to scare all your listeners away. But, you know, uh, the common answer is two minutes or a minute and a half or something in that in that region and i I like to equate cleaning your teeth to cleaning your motor car because people can visualize a motor car and they can understand but at some point in our lives most of us have seen a motor car the toothbrush cleans only three things the driver's side of your motor car the roof of your motor car and the passenger side of your motor car if you can visualize your motor car, the smooth surfaces basically, the bumper and the bonnet areas, you need a different tool. And if you think about your motor car as well, when you're going into the bumper areas, where all this little grit gets in there, you change the cloth or you change the sponge to get into this little groove. So the same logic that we apply in our day-to-day activities, we can apply to our hygiene activities. The, the important thing is, on a rainy day and a muddy car, you don't rush out and buy the most rough scoural or sponge to clean the mud off your car what you do do however is spend a little bit more time cleaning the mud off your car so at least you don't wreck the paintwork the same logic applies to our teeth don't wreck the paintwork brush gently The, the harder you brush the more damage you're going to cause now cloth the stuff that you're brushing out every morning and every evening is so soft that you can brush it off you wipe it off rather with gauze so there's no need to brush hard. The next thing you need to focus on is technique. How do you actually get the toothbrush into the mouth and effectively remove plaque? Uh, and you know, this is, if you if you go and Google brushing techniques, there's a whole range of techniques out there. Me, uh, preferably, I, I like a 45 degree angle to the tooth surface, gentle circular motions, and I, and what I say is what I, what I what I what I preach is what I do at home as well. So. I'm my own little experiment, I've been doing this for years and years and years, so I can confidently say, if you do it like this, with certain uh, rules and regulations, you can effectively clean your teeth. The most important thing, coming back to the motor car is, I always ask, how long do you spend cleaning your motor car? Well, the answer is you live in the car, is clean. So then I, I come back and I say, but you put a timer on on that little toothbrush, or it comes with a little timer, and when it beeps <laughs> at two minutes, you actually stop brushing your teeth. So, why do you stop brushing your teeth and the beep goes on, but you will continue cleaning your car until it's clean?
1: Can we answer that after this break? (laughs) I love this car analogy. We're talking oral health with Dr. Yusuf Jadwat. And this analogy of brushing your teeth and looking after your car is one that's got my attention. Tweet at SFM
0: Radio and at Patricia N. Dooley.
1: I'm sure you heard uh, that uh, jingle for our uh, birthday competition. And I'm sure you want to get that 1,000 rands, right? Uh, Voucher, shopping voucher. All you need to do, if you haven't done it already, is uh, SMS SAFM followed by your name to 41391. Send that SMS now and you could stand a chance to win 1,000 rand in shopping vouchers. The winner will be announced uh, within the show. So make sure that you are sending that uh, SMS. It's uh, 23. Three minutes after 11, we are speaking oral health, something that is quite intriguing, but, you know, we forget about it unless it's uh, your dentist uh, sending you that message to remind you that it's time for your annual checkup and your annual cleaning. And for some, you even ignore that because, yo, I'm so scared. <laughs> and uh, Dr. Yusuf uh, Dawat is uh, joining us and uh, giving us an understanding on some of, um, you know, the the oral health Diseases that exist and how we can prevent them. Please do call in. I'd love to hear from you. How do you keep your white and pearlies shiny? Are you doing the right things, or are you one of those who use these uh, home hacks that I've been seeing on YouTube? Zero one one seven one four two double zero six. That's where you can call in and ask your questions, um, or you can WhatsApp zero six one four one zero four one zero seven. Dr. Jadwat, let's continue on that uh, beautiful analogy on a muddy day. (laughs) What do you do to wash your car?
2: To catch up on where we were previously, when it comes to cleaning your car on a muddy day, you end up spending more time rather than getting a firmer brush or a a harder sponge. The, the, The reason for that is you don't want to damage the paintwork. Now, again, you don't want to damage the paintwork on your tooth surface as well, because if you brush too hard, there's a very good chance you're gonna cause damage to the tooth surface, as well as the associated or adjacent gum, uh, where you can end up with gum recession, increased sensitivity. And the strangest thing is people always wanna go out there and try and buy the biggest toothbrush they can find because you can clean more teeth at one go. and And, I, and, and that's not how it's supposed to be. Uh, you should clean one surface at a time. So, uh, I'm the total opposite of what the general public does out there. You want a smaller head toothbrush, you want a soft bristle toothbrush. And if you go out to a, a wee, supermarkets and our pharmacies. There's a range of toothbrushes that we are exposed to in South Africa. The scariest thing for me when it comes to toothbrushes is actually the wonderful handles we now have on toothbrushes. If you go back to days when we were kids, we had this little flimsy straight handle and that was about it. Today we've got these wonderful handles with finger grips and thumb grips. And unfortunately, people tend to hold the brush a lot more firmer because of the finger grips and thumb grips and they brush in a to and fro uh, motion, which causes a tremendous amount of harm in the mouth because of uh, damage to the tooth surface as well as the gum in the mouth. And at the end of the day, uh, using a large toothbrush that is hard and uh, very firm handle, you end up causing more harm than good. So it's not about just buying a toothbrush, it's about buying the right toothbrush for yourself. Beyond the toothbrush, uh, this just to scare you a little bit now, I think the, the viewers or oh, the, the listeners may find this quite interesting. If we leave out the in-between bits so the bonnet and the boot area of, of our teeth, we li- we're leaving out as much as 40% of the combined tooth surfaces in our mouth. So strangely enough, when we go and just brush our teeth, already 40% is not being clean on average. Over and above that, no one I know cleans perfectly well each time they brush their teeth. So you're starting off on a back footing and you're not doing yourself any favors. So you're going to brush your teeth and then you're going to worry about how to clean in between the teeth. And this is where all the problems start because as soon as you have mentioned the F word, which is flossing, by the way, um, (laughs) people uh, people are, whoa, doc, you know, it's, it's something I don't like doing or it's painful or my gums, the common one is my gums bleed when I floss. And when I ask, okay, how often do you floss? Uh, Doc, maybe once a week, you know, when some food gets caught in between our teeth and, oh, my tooth brother, then I would floss. And that's not the way we should be doing things. So the idea of taking out chunks of food between your teeth is not why we floss our teeth. We are flossing to actually wipe the in-between surfaces because microscopic layers form on the surface and that's called plaque. Uh, it's a white stuff, a little furry stuff that forms on the tooth surface, and we've got to wipe that off gently. The big chunks of food that come off—it's just a bonus. Uh, over and above that, if you are flossing every second or third day, you're not giving the body a chance to build up plaque on the tooth surface. Now, plaque in its pure form is not actually food or anything you've eaten, but bacteria in a matrix and a millimetre cube of plot, which is a tiny, tiny amount, contains roughly about a billion bacteria. I'm letting that sink in about a billion bacteria. So how we clean is so important.
1: And I think it's very important now because we, we're we circulating our own breath and you don't want to, uh, you know, gag yourself on, on bad breath. Um, uh, Dr. Yeah. Jadwad, one of the things I've always asked myself when it comes to um, oral health is why is it back in the day growing up, you'd find a lot of older people with false teeth is it because they had um gum disease or was it something rare was it something in the water because now older people most of them have full set of teeth uh, but when i was growing up all the nanas and the mkulus and the goggles there were no teeth so what causes that and i don't want to be like that i want my white and pearlies until the day i go to see the lord
2: so if you go back and we look at our understanding of dentistry so dental iq and that's a fundamental point uh, the perception in previous days would be as one gets older your teeth become loose and they fall off and that can of carry through the generations unfortunately it's, it's far from the truth teeth become loose and fall out due to one of two reasons uh, neglect and lack of care uh, i say neglect as in home care and lack of professional care as well uh, gum disease, what you brought on where people lose their teeth as they get older, is a slow process. Most of the time, it is a painless process. And that's what makes my job very, very hard, trying to convince a patient that they have a problem, that they can't really see, they can't really feel, that I'm saying it's a disaster in your mouth. Because you're looking at the piece of tissue right adjacent to the tooth and with time that eventually wears out. It's like having a pole in the ground. If you dig around it every day, eventually it's gonna fall down. The the biggest issue when it comes to gum disease or periodontitis is gonna do with ineffective plaque removal. That'll be the most important thing. Uh, The one thing we can't control is genetics and there is a genetic thing. You've gotta be a susceptible individual for disease to occur in your mouth. And unfortunately, a large percentage of our adult population is susceptible to these kinds of conditions. So as you get older, the care and and the responsibility for looking after your teeth actually increases. And then you've got to add a little bit of things like environmental factors, stress, smoking, uh, medical conditions like diabetes. These will tremendously impact the way your gums respond, the way you uh, look after your mouth, And unfortunately, there are some individuals who spend all the time, all day, every day, cleaning their teeth, and they still end up losing some teeth. And that's a small percentage of people. And for those, you know, all we're doing is trying to delay the inevitable that, you know, hopefully we can keep those teeth in there till the day you die. Teeth are not meant to be taken out unnaturally. They're not meant to be uh, left alone. They need care. You mentioned an important thing in days gone by we had a a large number of people who wore dentures now in days gone by the technology that we had was not as great as we have today our understanding of dentistry wasn't as good as we have today so i'm going back in the 1950s 1960s at that time there's still, still debating actually what caused gum disease so uh, no uh,
1: doc i i need to go to the headlines quickly for the news i want you to elaborate straight after this it's a 32 minutes after 11. luanda mawome thank you for your patience and so let's have the headlines please here there and everywhere, everywhere. SFM 104.6 FM in We are talking uh, oral health with Dr. Yusuf Jadwat, who's a specialist in oral medicine and is also currently studying part-time at Harvard Medical School. There are so many different types of oral diseases. Um, uh, Tongue and gum diseases are those that are are, are quite intriguing because I'm sure you heard uh, Dr. uh, Dr. Jadwat saying that some of the gum diseases make it difficult for them because they are painless. And you find yourself, you know, losing teeth from something you were not even aware because there was no pain. So it's very critical for us to look after our teeth and look after our gums, our mouths, especially around hydration since we are always wearing masks and this does create a dry mouth. I'd love to hear from you. What is it that you are doing to ensure that your oral health is on check or perhaps you've encountered or experienced uh, some sort of uh, disease in the tongue, in the mouth, in the gums or even in the palate? Let us know how you dealt with it and uh, you can call in on 011-714-2006 or WhatsApp on 0614-104-107. SMSs go to 41391. That's where you can get us, SFM, leading the conversation. To all those who are reporting for work every day to help us all fight against COVID-19. We say thank you. Thank you.
0: Thank you. you. SFM leading the conversation. <laughs> Hashtag SFM talking point.
1: Uh, back with uh, Doctor Yusuf Jadwat. Now, uh, Doctor, before uh, we went to the news headline, you were explaining to us uh, the historical background around uh, the gum disease and how people ended up losing their teeth.
2: Yeah. So, like I was saying, our understanding of gum disease was not that great earlier on. Uh, in, 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 in in the I would say the nineteen fifties, nineteen sixties, in in the kind of that period, uh, at that time. Uh, the, our ability to do the fancy dentistry we do today was somewhat restricted uh cost was an issue as well and most of the time people would seek dental treatment when they were in pain and that's an important fact unlike a medical doctor you know you would go and visit when you are ill or you have pain my advice to all patients out there is that you need to go before the pain starts and now it sounds silly to go before the pain starts but in dentistry when you have pain it's generally too late Um, it it, it results in more cost possibly more discomfort and possibly more anxiety if you're an anxious type so being proactive in dentistry is what one needs to do Um, coming back to loss of teeth uh, generally the cheapest kind of And the quickest way to remove pain would be to remove the tooth, which sounds simple, easy, and straightforward. But as one goes on through life, and you end up removing more and more teeth, your daily oral function is affected. The way you eat, the way you speak, your aesthetics as well. And these things become important, more so as we get older, you find individuals who've lost their teeth tend to even change the diet that they have. the the crunchy lettuce and carrots are no longer part of the diet, but you're going for more refined foods. And the more refined the food is, uh, the the less healthy it's gonna be. So having a good set of teeth, not only makes you look good and eat well, but also protects what you put into your mouth. And I think that becomes important, especially in the elderly. Uh, My biggest issue that I see in my office is a patient walking into my rooms and they've had dentures for a number of years. And now they can't handle the denture because they become too loose. And when you look into this mouth, there is no bone. There's nothing much one can do. There are those lucky individuals who if they could afford a dental implant, we could put a few implants in there and stabilize the denture. Or alternatively, the sufficient bone, one could put in a few implants and give them a fixed prosthesis. But fundamentally, the teeth that you are born with are the best that we can provide anything else it's just a second best so you know go out there make sure that you're doing the right thing go and visit your dentist at least every six months and i say at least every six months not because you've got pain because you want to go and get your teeth professionally cleaned at home uh, the, the brushing the flossing and I was uh, actually did not finish the flossing part. So when you're cleaning in between your teeth, I did mention flossing, but over and above that, I'm a big fan of these little interdental brushes or interdental um, sticks that clean in between quite nicely. And it becomes important when you understand the anatomy of your your tooth, the in between surfaces was very slight concavity rather rather than a convexity so when you are flossing around those teeth that little concavity is not touched and this way these little brushes get in there and cleans these areas very effectively so in a nutshell good hygiene good care at home is fundamental over and above that regular professional visits with your dentist is as important because when there's an early cavity or when there's early signs of disease, sometimes there's no pain. Sometimes you're not aware of it. And your dentist may pick these things up, which results in a very quick kind of solution to the problem and a really inexpensive solution to the problem. Uh, you know, the, the, Like the old saying goes, only floss the teeth that you want to keep.
1: <laughs> and it's very clear we want to keep all of them. I've got uh, Mimi who's in Bloemfontein who wants to weigh in. Uh, good morning, Mimi. Morning, Patricia. How are you? I'm strong. At least I've still got all my teeth.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I've got a question to ask, but it's not a question relating to dental problem and so on. I just wanted an opinion of a doctor there about this uh, craze of um, teeth whitening, which I'm told people do. It's either you buy a toothpaste or you go to a dentist and you pay a couple of thousands. I just want the opinion
1: there. Is it
0: worth doing? Are there
1: any side effects or what? All right. Thank you, Mimi. Let's uh, allow Dr. Jadwat to respond. Doc?
2: So at the moment, it can be quite uh, a task to, to kind of search tooth whitening. There's so many products out there, so many different ways of actually whitening teeth. Uh, you've heard of laser whitening, uh, UV light whitening, at-home kits that you can buy off the shelf, my advice to anyone who's actually looking into whitening their teeth is to get professional advice, not to go off to your doctor's your, your pharmacy or, for that case, beautician, because every now and then I see an ad out there where beauticians are actually advertising teeth whitening. And I must say this, it's actually illegal, by the way,
1: oh, uh, wow. for beauticians
2: to do that. Yeah, it's only dental professionals that can actually do this. Uh, there's a reason for that. Coming into a dental practice, we assess what's happening in your mouth. Now, if you've got teeth that are covered with calculus or more commonly known as tartar, the bleach is not going to do much. The kind of enamel you have, there are individuals who have a very white, opaque enamel, and there are others who have very translucent enamel. And I find in our offices, those with the translucent enamel tend to bleach a lot better, as in getting lighter shades, but they come with it. With an increase sensitivity issue thereafter, whereas those are very opaque enamel, for example, the bleaching process is not as fast, but they don't have as high a degree of sensitivity as other individuals. If you are a coffee drinker, a smoker, or a regular red wine user, all these things will stain your teeth. And if you drink doing it all the time, then I always question why are you going to waste your money going to uh, whiten your teeth? because. Very soon thereafter, it's going to stain. Uh, the rule of thumb is anything that will stain a white shirt can stain your teeth. So, if you are excessive, you need to think this through cleverly. Uh, I'm not a big fan of the home care kits that you buy off the shelves from the pharmacies and chemists because. you're dealing with bleach. And in some uh, cases, 35%, depending on what bleach uh, concentration there are in there. So the risk of harm is great. So please guys, if uh, my suggestion is go out there, speak to dental professionals, professional rather, let them do a thorough investigation or consultation. And if you are a viable candidate and, you know, really I, I don't have any issues with you going ahead and doing it. However, if you are one who has sensitive teeth, it's not a clever idea for for bleaching your teeth. With regard to the toothpaste out there, I'm sure many of you have gone out and bought a tooth whitening toothpaste. Now, traditionally, if you think about it, and this is me now making it as simple as possible to understand that the chemistry, you can whiten teeth one of two ways using a toothpaste. Either you add more, abrasive particles in that toothpaste to clean the surface better or you improve the, co- the chemical content in there to make your teeth whiter as in whiter than what the natural whiteness is and most of these uh, paste or materials in the end would cause more harm because the person using it has no idea what to do uh the the paste we find out there if you read the box somewhere in the bottom it would say natural whiteness and it's actually an important thing it will only make your teeth or clean your teeth or whiten your teeth to its natural whiteness. If you naturally have yellow teeth, they're not going to become whiter buying a whitening toothpaste. And that natural whiteness is an important giveaway. So the viewers out there, you know, I, I don't want to put you off buying whitening toothpaste, but you know, go and see your dentist. Let the professional do it for you. quick fix solution and i find this more often in people who smoke you know they're they're trying to find this smokers toothpaste to remove the stains but you're brushing hard you're causing more harm in trying to help yourself get professional advice is always the most important thing
1: well uh mtandegi is on the line and uh, would like to weigh in mtandegi good morning Uh, good morning
0: patricia and thanks for hosting the morning uh, program I just want to ask your guest. Uh, I've got particular challenge which have which has actually prompted me to consult a dentist, local dentist. Sometime I think seventy three, seventy nineteen seventy two, I had uh, an an effect after <laughs> after uh, biting in a pitch. and I was a teenager at time, mm-hmm. and then I did feel the 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 balancing effect on my uh, front teeth. Now I am 59, and there's a gap opening in front of my teeth, the big front top teeth. I consulted the doctor for, I don't want that gap. Then he said, it's possible that can be done. I haven't completed consultation. What is the possible effect? Because I don't want to lose this particular tooth
1: you don't want to lose your tooth, but you want to lose the gap. All right? Uh, stay, stay on the line in case uh, Dr. Jadwad has questions for you, Tandeki. But, you know, it. it, it it makes my heart palpitate a bit when you want to lose your gap because now I've got a gap in between my teeth despite having years on braces. And I love my gap. <laughs> All right, stay on the line and let's allow Dr. Jadwat to come in. Doc, how, how can he effectively remove the gap but keep his tooth? So
2: my understanding was or is that he's got a gap between his middle teeth in the front and the upper jaw is that correct yes it's correct uh was there a gap when you were younger uh, between the front teeth
1: no i never
0: had that gap. it only started uh, two years back i never had a gap we don't have gap in my family it only happened because of that history problem i related
2: (laughs) Yeah. so Teeth can naturally move. When I say teeth can naturally move, uh, by adding pressure or forces on a particular tooth, you can move it in the direction that you would like to. That's the reason why braces becomes possible. Uh, A person with no braces or no orthotic appliance can also have teeth move in the mouth. For example, if you've lost a tooth, uh, the adjacent teeth may tilt into that area the, the opposing tooth may actually grow into that space it's a natural tendency for teeth to move during our daily functioning our teeth come into contact when we we're eating or when we're fiddling uh, either on a pen or peach or whatever half thing we're fiddling on there's muscle action around our teeth our tongue would then also uh, produce a force on our tooth surface so teeth can move throughout life and uh, People who have braces were tell totally you quite uh, easy. When I was 16, I had braces, and by the time I was 30, my teeth have moved. Uh, but our thinking has changed somewhat. And uh, you know, if you go for braces today, unlike the good old days 30, 40 years ago, you end up with a permanent splint to try and keep those teeth in position. So it doesn't kind of move away from where you want them to be. My suggestion to the individual that's asked the question would be. If there's no gum problem, if there's no other dental issues, uh, the best way to actually get that gap closed would be putting you back into some sort of brace or aligner to uh, to, to close a gap up. You can't, I'm not a big fan of building up the tooth uh, to fill the gap because then your symmetry goes off. You know, you end up with two very large front teeth or one very large front tooth. And depending on your smile line and your, your pattern, when you smile it's going to stick out and it's not aesthetically pleasing so sometimes the shortcut route may be quicker and cheaper but you may not get what you're looking for whereas as you are well aware with the braces it's a little bit longer but you're getting a natural finish so uh, to the listener that's asked a question i would recommend please go back to your dentist and just make sure there's nothing untoward with regard to uh bony lesions or infections or anything like that could cause pressure on those teeth. If everything is okay and it's a healthy mouth, uh, braces would be the solution for him.
1: Mtandegi, uh, good luck. And I'm sure this advice is uh, the sort of advice you've been looking for.
2: And uh, Sorry, one last thing. You're never too old for braces, by the way.
1: <laughs> Mtandegi, you heard that one, right. <laughs> Thank you for calling in. Um, uh, Dr. Jadwad, you know, when uh, people have certain diseases, let's say, for instance, HIV, um, apparently, or you are pregnant, it affects your oral health, presenting with either tongue or gum disease. Could you talk to us yeah. about some of these and what people should look out for? Sure. So,
2: so let's start with the pregnancy. Uh, but first, during pregnancy, there's a hormonal change within the physiology of your body and as a result your gums become a little bit more susceptible to irritation to put it in a simplified uh, uh, way so if you're not cleaning effectively if you're not brushing effectively suddenly your gums start to swell they bleed more easily and you know we always tend to blame the kid after they grow up it's because of you i've lost the tooth It's as a kid's fault um we, the optimal hygiene is always important but to add a bit of the curve ball to that, if you are pregnant and you've got terrible morning sickness, you can't really practice optimal hygiene because every time you put the toothbrush in the mouth, you're throwing up. So somewhere in between there is what I need to do is try and clean as effectively as you can, as best as you can. And usually you find if there's a major issue, uh let's say you've got poor health and you've got poor hygiene and you're unable, the second trimester would be a a safer time to see a patient because the first trimester, you've got the the, the formation of the features. The second trimester, the features just growing in size. So the risk of things going wrong are are less. And obviously Mm -hmm. the third trimester, most women are too heavy. To sit in the chair, it's a problem. So you don't want, and then obviously if they're stressed out, anxiety can obviously lead to preterm birth, and you don't want anything like that in your chair. So if there's an issue during pregnancy, the second trimester will be the safer period to go and see your dentist. But optimal hygiene is very, very important. Uh, ultimately, that is a, it's a very simple answer: keep your mouth clean, and it's a very good chance you'll get away keeping your teeth in your mouth mm-hmm. till the day you die. When it comes to HIV. So when I was a, a, a registrar at university and I was specializing, we saw a very large number of HIV positive patients in our department. And I still remember studying where dental implants, for example, were contract indicated at that time in HIV patients. And I'm lucky to have had a wonderful mentor and head of the department who we had a lot of time researching this. And would you believe it? We were the first team in Africa to put in dental implants in HIV positive patients. And from what I understand, the second team in the world, Uh, what I'm I'm trying to say is that being HIV positive does not make you uh, a person that can't access good health care, good dental care. You can still have your dental implants. The important thing is maintaining good hygiene. Now, I'm talking about the individual who's HIV positive but has no oral lesions, no oral cancers, that kind of thing. Obviously, if you're walking into my rooms, you are HIV positive, but your hygiene is poor and there are other mitigating factors, then we need to think around these things as well. But most of the time uh, with HIV patients, we can manage it quite nicely. Even when it comes to gum disease issues, uh, we find that by, by getting the, uh, the uh, plaque levels to an optimal level, Uh, we can keep your mouth being quite nicely uh, for as long as we can.
1: Let's go to some of the voice notes that you have sent to us. Uh,
0: Good morning, I just want to check with the doctor there. Uh, Cleaning of teeth and bleaching the teeth, is it the same? If you want to whiten your teeth, does it also mean that if you do use a product to whiten, does that mean... It's the same with the cleaning of the teeth. But also, there is this product called AP24. I saw it being advertised in many media houses. Is it effective? Is it for cleaning or is it for whitening? What is the difference between whitening and cleaning? Hi, Patricia and the doctor there. I'm also struggling with gum disease. My gums are so big and they are swollen. That's all I do. I just brush my teeth. Sometimes I put salt water, and but I don't know what to do with, you know. I don't know what to do with, and um, uh, yeah, I'm struggling with that. And it's really, really sometimes painful when I brush. I start bleeding and all those type of things. It's it's not cool at all. It's not cool at all. But yeah, i still here and Cape Town. listening from the radio.
1: Doc, uh, please uh, come in and uh, and then respond to the questions from our A-team listeners.
2: So regarding whitening and cleaning of teeth, there are two different things altogether. I, will, I can clean your teeth if your teeth have a naturally yellow hue to it or slightly darker hue to it. When I clean out, I'm, I'm removing clock, I'm removing calculus, and I'm removing stain from your teeth But I'm being a, a professional cleaning in my office. Uh, bleaching on the other hand is, you've already presented with this clean tooth surface, and now you want to make it look whiter if that uh, kind of uh, sounds uh, what, what the patient what the, the individual is asking with regard to cleaning and bleaching you've got to first clean your teeth before you can bleach them okay. it's not bleaching uh, over a dirty surface you're not going to achieve the goals you want Regarding the second uh, listener uh, who is complaining of bleeding gums and swollen gums, so I I would really appreciate it if you get to your closest dentist as soon as possible. Uh, When it comes to gum disease, there's a process where we actually probe around your teeth to look at the the severity of the disease the extent of the disease and yes there is help out there for you but you need to go to a dentist and unfortunately it's not a one appointment thing or a two appointment thing gum disease is generally a chronic condition so it becomes a lifetime management looking after your gums
1: dr jadwater thank you so very much for shedding light on uh, these oral health issues Uh, how do we get in touch with you
2: uh, you're welcome to call me at my office. Our numbers are 011 442 or alternatively 011 double one double four double seven two zero seven. And if all that fails, please Google my name. You'll find me.
1: Excellent. Thank you so very much, Dr. Jadwad. Um, uh, let's keep those pearly whites white. That's what we need to do. <laughs> it's a. Uh... Two minutes before uh, uh, noon, and I know that you're all looking forward to uh, Sakina Kamwendo with Updated Noon. But before we go to Sakina, right...